Welcome. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Nest podcast. Thank you for joining me on this lovely, weird uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, Apologise for there not being an episode last week. However, we're on episode 19. I'm Alex, your host, and today we're talking about BCAAs, uh, which are branch chain amino acids. Uh, for those of you who do not know, now what are B- what are to, to get into this right really quick? What are amino acids? So amino acids uh, are compounds that combine uh, to make uh, protein, and they are used for several things in the body. Uh, they're used for food breakdown, um, to growth, to repairing um, body tissue, and to perform other bodily functions. Uh, so, yeah, branched-chain amino acids. Uh, amino acids in general are split into three different groups. So we have got group number one, which is essential amino acids, group number two, which is non-essential, and group three, which is kind of an unofficial group, but a lot of people still like they don't people don't really touch on it however uh, they are the conditional amino acids uh, which are basically non-essential uh, in normal life but when you are ill or um not feeling so well you kind of that you kind of need them so let's go over what the uh, EAAs are and uh, we'll go through every single one of them so amino acids uh, essential amino acids which ones uh, what are they Right, so they're basically essential amino acids are not made by the body, uh, which means that you need to get them from your diet. Um, and these include histidine, isoleucine, leucine, lysine, phenylalanine. That's a, that's a weird one, I know. Uh, threonine, tryptophan, and valine. On the other hand, we've got non-essential amino acids, uh, which are made by the body. And these include alanine, arginine, asparagine, asparagine, don't really know how the hell you call it, uh, aspartic acid, cysteine, glu- uh, glutamic acid, here we go, glutamine, glycine, proline, serine, and tyrosine. Now, which one of all of those comprise the conditional ones? Well, that is arginine, cysteine, glutamine, tyrosine, glycine, ornith- ornithine, proline, and serine. Now, finally, obviously, we have got uh, the BCAAs, which are, again, as we said in the start, branched-chain amino acids. And these are basically just three uh, essential amino acids which um, have been deemed to be very useful uh, for intra-workouts and stuff like that, uh, which would be leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Normally, these will be in BCAA products, you will see a ratio. So it might have three to 2.5 to one. That would normally include um, valine, ice, valine, leucine, and isoleucine in that order. So from valine being the highest to isoleucine being the uh, smallest in amount. So we know that we know what BCAAs are now. We know what amino acids are. How, like, you know, what, what are they used for? Uh, what are they useful for, should I say? Um, and there's, it's a very big grey area because, in my opinion, amino acids are not as good as protein, um, or at least as good as like you know whey protein. But this is purely for the fact that whey protein is a complete protein, which means that it contains every single essential amino acid um, 
and we'll get into complete proteins and stuff like that later on. Uh, however, a lot of people use them for intra workouts. Uh, they're very popular amongst a lot of gym goers. Um, as I said, I personally do not use them because I believe that they're very overpriced for what they are. Um, however, let's get on to what some research has shown on things like, you know, how do BCAAs help fatigue, strength and performance? So let's start off with strength. Uh, there's one particular study which I found, which is by Shimamura et al. in 2010, and there is not a lot of evidence like borderline none at all that supports that they increase strength um now obviously amino acids are there to help rebuild they're there to help regrow but then a lot of people use them for intra workouts and there's been no form of research that has said specifically that they are very good for uh increasing strength um especially when consumed intra workout uh you guys could, again all of these will be uh, linked in the description on the Spotify. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, then all you need to do is go to the description, click on the pages, uh, click on the studies, and it will take you over there and you can see for yourself. Um, Apple Music, I'm not too sure about how uh, how that works. I don't think they have hyperlinks. I don't think they're that advanced. I'm sorry. Or should I say Apple Podcasts? Now, so there's not a lot of stuff um, on strength. Um, pretty much nothing. Uh, so next one up is fatigue. So if you're going to use them for strength, basically what I'm saying is don't. Not worth it at all. Uh, so fatigue, here is where it gets a little bit more interesting. This is where it gets a little bit better. Uh, so this is, a funny, this is a funny name. Blomstrand in 2006, they looked at how... Um, BCAAs could possibly delay fatigue when um, used with long-distance runners. Now, they uh, found that BCAAs, uh, after ingesting BCAAs, the concentration of uh, BCAAs in your blood, so leucine, isoleucine, and valine, goes up, which is pretty standard. Uh, now, that prevents the increase of free tryptophan. Now, free tryptophan um, helps in kind of... <laughs> An increase in free tryptophan will increase um, a, a neurotransmitter called 5-hydroxytryptamine. Now, I know it's a really long word. I'm very aware it's a really long word because I had to try and pronounce it. However, basically what this neurotransmitter does is it increases when an uh, athlete or an individual becomes fatigued. So you in in every single in, in most fatigue cases you will see uh, an increase in 5ht um again i'm not going to i'm not going to keep saying hydroxytryptamine every single time so let's just call it 5ht so it prevents the increase of free tryptophan uh, which means it decreases the transport of um tryptophan to the brain therefore decreasing 5ht and therefore delaying fatigue now again this is the theory that these guys had um, Abumod, Abumod, Abumod. I I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Abumod et al. in 2020 actually put this in practice, and they took so this where it gets really really good. They took 16 male long distance runners, okay, uh, and they had two trials. 
uh, I'm showing four to the camera, but they had two trials. They had one which was uh, they supplemented branched chain amino acids, uh, which was 20 grams uh, with a split of three, 2.5, and one. So, um, 300 milli- so per gram, it would be 300 milligrams of valine, 250 of, um, of leucine, and then 100 of isoleucine. And the rest is probably just other proteins, I'm fairly sure. Um, so, 20 grams for BCAAs, placebo, they just gave them water and strawberry juice. And obviously the, the, the 20 grams was also mixed with water and strawberry juice so they couldn't tell the difference. So athletes ran uh, on a treadmill at eight kilometers an hour to start with. And then after every five minutes, uh, the speed was increased by one kilometer an hour until exhaustion of the athlete. Um, now, that was the protocol. And then the results showed that BCAAs increase time to exhaustion by 3.8 minutes which is a big difference uh and they also which sorry not a big difference let's let's just let's be scientific here. it was a significant difference which means that statistically they were like okay yeah this isn't a fluke this is a hundred percent like this is this is a good number um and then they also found that they have a they average a higher um maximum speed a high average maximum speed. So people who supplemented with BCAAs uh, maxed out at, I believe it was, if I remember correctly, it's 18 kilometers an hour or 19. And then the other group, the placebo group, maxed out at either 18 or 70. So it was just one kilometer an hour difference. However, when you're looking at, you know, that's pretty much, uh, oh, not 10%, it's, it's like just over five, it's about 7.5%, probably not even that, maybe a little bit less probably around six. So when looking at things like um, fatigue, then BCAAs might actually be uh, a pretty good uh, thing to implement. Now, there is nothing to say. Uh, they they did not do uh, what I would have liked to have seen here is for them to also trial something like um, pre-workout or just normal way or something like that, normal whey protein. Um, I'd be very interested to see how that would have worked out. Um, purely because, again, branched-chain amino acids, again, they're found in, in whey protein um, as, again, whey protein is a complete protein. Now, moving on to performance. Um, there's There was quite a few studies in this uh, that looked at this, and Burke was probably the best one because they had a meta-analysis of six studies. Now, meta-analysis is basically they take six studies or as many studies as they can find and they look at them and they give you, they basically give you um, the results of every single study in one paper, which was great, incredible. I loved it. Um, it's like the wet dream of every scientist. They, they're they like, oh, I really can't be bothered to go through studies. Meta-analysis, ooh, hello. Hello, hello, hello. But anyway, moving on from that uh so four out of six studies show that bcaas had a very positive impact on uh, athletes performance as we saw earlier uh it increased time to exhaustion which means that athletes can run for longer cycle for longer swim for longer um or do whatever activity they were doing for a longer period of time which obviously you know that is a good thing uh and it also decreased the tryptophan to bcaa ratio 
Um, again, going back to what we were saying earlier about um, uh, the decrease of tryptophan decreasing 5-HT. So BCAs, by the looks of it, are very good when it comes to things like fatigue and performance. Uh, when it comes to strength and muscle size, not so much. So we've looked at BCAAs, we've looked at their effect on strength, fatigue and performance. Um, now, the big question is, where can you find BCAAs? So BCAAs, there's obviously there is uh, the, the, the BCAA powder on things like my protein. However, what I would say is um, that I would not buy a bag of BCAAs. And there's a very good reason why. Okay, so this is, this is where my personal opinion comes into this. And um, I personally just think they're very overpriced. So... If you go on to, let's say, my protein, right? My protein is still probably one of the cheapest places to get um, supplementation. So let's go with their essential BCAA powder, okay? Um, and then let's have also have a look at their whey protein. So their whey protein. Now, although, let's just quickly throw something out of the way. Serving sizes for BCAs are much smaller than service sizes for um, protein, okay? Let's just throw that out, throw that out. Um, so the serving size for protein is 25 grams, whereas the serving size for the BCAAs is 5 grams. So you're looking at five, uh, uh, sorry, at five times as much. Sorry, yeah, five times. I can't math. Um, however, we then look at how much it costs. So impact whey protein costs eight pounds. So if an average if, if the eight if the 250 gram bag is ten servings, and then you're looking at eight pounds, eight pounds divided by ten, you're looking at zero point eight pound per serving. And then you have got the BCAAs which are a 250 gram bag, again, uh, and then divide that by five, you get 50 servings. Now 23 pound divided by 50, you are looking at 0.46 pound per serving. However, okay, this is where individuality comes in very handy. So personally, in my opinion, um, I wouldn't use BCAs because I don't feel like I need to. If I want to get extra energy, I will have a pre-workout meal. I will have, like, you know, if your nutrition is on point, you do not need BCAA. So let's just clarify that. You don't need any form of supplement. If your nutrition is on point, you don't need any supplements. Um, now... This, this is where it just gets really weird because you're paying an extra 0. Point, what, uh, 40 you're paying an extra 40p for um you're paying an extra 40p for the uh, whey powder however you're also getting instead of three um amino acids 
you're getting nine amino acids and you're getting them in good quantity. Um, if I was to be honest, I would personally not go for BCAAs. I would go for protein or have a pre-workout meal. Don't worry about intra-workout that much. It's honestly not necessary. Um, so I would probably spend my money on a little bit more protein um, just so you've got it for a little bit longer. Now, let's talk about where you can get these naturally. So food sources that can supply BCAAs. We have got, uh, this is, by the way, keep in mind, this is to provide two grams of BCAAs. Okay, this is the amount that you need of each food to provide two grams of BCAAs. I have made these vegetarian. Um, however, there are also um, other... I'll also throw in uh, the... Uh, so, for example, I'll throw in the, the steak, which is you need 40 grams of, of cooked steak in order to hit 2 grams of BCAs. So, when you have a cooked steak, you're looking at probably about 150 grams of, of steak, which would mean that... If we let's just do 150 divided by 40, you're getting you're getting 7.5 grams of BCAAs in one steak. Okay, which admittedly that is quite a bit. That is a lot. Not that it's going to be harmful for you. However, it is more than needed. Um, eggs, you get uh, for every one and a half egg, you get two grams of BCAAs. Skimmed milk, 260 milliliters, which is just over a cup. Um, well, I say a cup, I mean a glass. Um, nuts, 65 grams, and then whole grain bread, five slices, five slices of bread to hit two grams of BCAs. So you can see that you don't need supplements and you don't need um, meat to be able to hit your BCAA amount. Yeah, sure, like, you know, having a steak gives you a load of BCAAs straight away, but other veggie things such as, again, milk, quinoa, uh, buckwheat is also very... Um, very popular and corn and soy stuff. So, so all of um, so quinoa, buckwheat, soy and corn, especially corn and soy, they are uh, f complete proteins. Um, buckwheat and quinoa, I believe they're complete proteins. Don't do not quote me on that. Um, however, I'm fairly I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure. Um, yeah, that they are complete proteins. So Vaz, uh, who is in the stream, because we are live streaming this today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, has also said that farro is a, a, a complete protein. Um, now, I have found that it is a complete protein source when uh, combined with other plant-based foods like legumes. Um, so it provides an essential amino acid profile, uh, which we, of course, love to see. So as we can see, there is plenty of... of um, Sorry, not there is. There are plenty of sources to get your BCAAs from uh, that do not require you spending twenty-seven pound on five hundred on two hundred and fifty grams of um, of uh, powder because that is a little bit much. So, yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is all for today. I I appreciate it's been a very short podcast, a lot shorter than normal. Um, now, I believe that is purely just because. There was not a lot on on uh, BCAs. If I'm going to be honest with you, I have I went onto Scholar. I looked up uh, branch chain amino acids effect effects on strength, fatigue, performance, and hypertrophy, and there was not a lot. Um, now, 
Obviously, hypertrophy, I chose to kind of ignore because, again, if you're going for hypertrophy, then I do not recommend you have BCAs. I recommend you have protein and I recommend you have a solid foundation of nutrition before going for hypertrophy for hypertrophy or hypertrophy depending on what side of the pond you're from i call it hypertrophy because i'm weird um so with that being said i apologize if the podcast was very short it's only been what 20 minutes so uh apologies for that i'm hoping you have learned something today and i hope you have enjoyed this um this podcast again i also apologize if it felt a little bit uh, stop start at a few points that is because uh, someone put something in the chat and I went to answer it so again if you are not in the uh, in, if you're not in the live stream um, then feel free to make your way over to the live stream that is Alex Amogenos on twitch.tv so twitch.tv forward slash Alex Amogenos be there um, I stream quite a few days a week now and all those hours are also on my discord now ladies and gentlemen i am going to finish the podcast off here and um next week we're going to be going back to basics we're going to be doing one week so the way i've decided to do this is one week back to basics and then one week of just normal good old-fashioned content uh so next week back to basics uh in last week uh we did weight loss so i feel like this week it's only fair that we serve the other side of the stick and do uh, weight, no, not weight loss, weight gain. So we're going to do muscle gain, how to put on muscle, how to lean bulk, and um, what traps to not fall into when you are lean bulking. Because there are quite a few that will uh, that will be a little bit that will be a little bit painful uh, if you fall into them. You can't get out. Yeah, so Vaz, I'm sorry, yes, muscle gain, not weight gain, muscle gain. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining on this amazing Wednesday afternoon that is super sunny. However, we'll probably, because we're in England, it will probably get ruined because, let's be fair, it's England. It loves doing that. But thank you for joining. I appreciate each and every one of your faces. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. I will see you all next week where we're going to be doing Back to Basics muscle mass gain which we love to see so see you all next week have an amazing rest of the week and uh, i will see you all on wednesday for that episode two of back to basics